What is going on, everybody? This is Braxton Voorhees, and tonight I have assumed the alias of Greenland Boy. Mr. Will Darty and I are back, and uh, to tell you about Mr. Thomas Queter. There's no quitting Queter, Tom42.com. Uh, go check out his website, make contributions to his campaign, vote for him if you live in the area. Tom is a brilliant public servant. Um, I mean, he's really good with all the uh, policy making, and uh, he's the kind of policy maker you would want. And uh, the Libertarian Party surely needs that. Also, I'm not stalling for anything. This is Crowned by Gold, book three of the Royal Green series by Mr. Jack Casey, longtime sponsor of the show and believer in what we do. And uh, that goes both ways because we are fans of his as well. The Alaskan Raven at Slick Crow on Facebook is here for you. They're here for me. And they're here for memes. If you need any memes made, uh, I've heard that they take requests. But even if you just want memes to enjoy, um, definitely check them out on Facebook at Slick Crow. That is the Alaskan Raven meme maker extraordinaire. The Greasy Porcupines Mobile Auto Repair Service, Mr. Alex Flores, came up with this absolutely fantastic idea that is not the Alaskan Raven again. That is a mobile auto repair service. So they come to you and, but wait, there's more. You pay what you feel like the repairs are worth. So, uh, really amazing. Support them. Check out their website. And one more time, here comes. I think there's a phone number too. So, even if nothing's wrong with your car, you can still call them and talk to them and uh, ask them what gave them such an absolutely brilliant idea. And Will's ready to come on. I am Will Diggory, not Darty today. And. Braxton, what is your T-shirt from? Is that Chamber of Secrets? Can you that know? is Chamber of Secrets. That's my favorite. I thought so. It looks very chambery. Dude, wait, did you? Whenever I uh, came and visited you that one time, did we ever go to a Half Price Books? Are you the one that took me to Half Price Books for the first time? I think we did. Yeah, I think we did. Oh, there was a bookstore and they had hella DVDs. You said you're going to love this place. Was that Half Price Books? Yes. Awesome, uh, dude. Yes, I think that was Half Price Books. I went to one last weekend, and uh, they stuff. had a uh, Chamber of Secret shirt. Also, it was different than this one. It was the, uh, it was the style of the book cover. So the entire thing was maroon, and it had the yeah. artwork from the cover of the book. Yeah. So whenever I have money, I have to go back and buy that because it absolutely was dope. Hell yeah, I like that one. You need to go to Vintage Stock next time you're in Oklahoma City too. I'll take you there. You'll freaking love that place. It's even better. Did you finish rewatching the Harry Potter movies recently? We did. We watched all go? of them. It was awesome. Yeah. Jessica is officially a fan. I don't know if I told you this. We found out she's a Ravenclaw. So not makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It does <laughs> make sense for, sure. for sure. Do you think Harry Potter was a veteran? Does serving in the Order of the Phoenix make one a veteran? Uh, he was an or after the Harry Potter book. So if anything, it'd be true. closer to a cop. So yeah, um, true. I don't know if that makes you like Harry Potter less or if that makes you want to get a thin blue line t-shirt. I don't know which way. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you liked Harry Potter for, you know, the story. You didn't like Harry Potter for Harry Potter necessarily. Right. He's okay. He's okay. But anyway, dude, so there's a few things I want to talk about tonight that are kind of interesting going on in the world. 
One is Ukraine. So have you paid attention to that stuff going on? No, not even a little bit. So Putin is essentially ramping up aggression in Ukraine and around Ukraine. Um, I think he might be invading their airspace. I don't know exactly what it's looking like. But um, luckily, Biden has come out and said that basically sending U.S. troops there is off the table. Um, so that's interesting. But here we are at the same debate, the same crossroad we always come to with these situations because I'm always torn. I hate leaving people who want freedom, who want democracy in the world alone, you know, to face the, the demons of dictatorships without us. Um, but at the same time, I don't believe that's a role for our military and for people, you know, our tax dollars. Uh, I kind of believe in a, you know, America first, not like Donald Trump puts it, but clearly we need to take care of our own interests and our own people. What do you think? Yeah, for sure, dude. Um, I think the market provides, I think some enterprising people need to figure out a way to, uh, you know, be able to take people who want to go over there, over there. But the problem is, I don't think you can do that. I was going to say at scale. I don't think you can do that to any scale without assuming just exorbitant amounts of debt like the U.S. government does. So um, it's a pickle. But no, I mean, I'm, I have a foot in both camps as well. Like, yeah, people should absolutely be over there helping. And those people absolutely should not be funded by U.S. taxpayers and they should not be unwilling. So it shouldn't be the U.S. military is what I'm saying. So. That opens up a new can of worms, which I'll, I'll get to, but I completely agree. Um, but dude, the Federal Reserve banking system is absolutely mind-boggling. Essentially, you know, no money on earth, hardly at all, is real. And we just, you know, it's completely inflated. It's, it's completely a sham. It's basically like non-existent money that only one entity has the ability to create, which means that entity controls the wealth of everybody else and all their property and all of their interests. Um, it's insane, dude. And what's crazy about what I'm learning about is how the books are cooked, which is completely deceptive. Basically, like there's no honesty within it. Kind of like, you know, have you seen the big short? Yeah, of course. Steve okay. Carell. Exactly. I'm familiar Steve with all of his work. He did a great job in that movie too. But, um, so, you know, all of the B and C and all of the low level mortgages that were being sold as higher mortgages. That's actually something that the Federal Reserve started pretty much. They start, started basically this crooked bookkeeping in order to make it seem like they had more principal and better um, reserves than they actually do have. And that's a lot of what our banking system is founded on. It made That movie kind of made it seem like this was one special scenario and one special occasion that that was abused. It's not. That's what the entire system is built on. Well, that was a great segue, man. That was no spit, no lube. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. I've just been reading a lot about it, dude. It's on my mind. So it's hard for me to talk about war without talking about that because really the only reason America can afford so much military is because we have the monopoly on the banking system in the world. And, you know, it's to send those troops on tax dollars is almost kind of a, you know, it's a strange concept because we're so far in debt. It's not like our tax dollars are actually going directly to these things. It's all just this big bullshit system that's uh, completely covering up a bunch of fraud. Um, so it's hard for me to even think about, you know, something like military action without realizing that that's what's behind it ultimately. Dude, I would love to take like, just for fun too, I'd love to take an opposing view. I'd like to fight you and tell you all the uh, benefits of the Federal Reserve System and how it's great. But uh, I'm going to have to do that some other time. I can't do that on this one. Understood. Yeah, you should. Um, well, you know, Keynesian economics is like the other um, school, the school that basically believes you need a federal reserve system. You need um, 
all of these, you know, central banks to manage everything to keep people from going into depressions and stuff like that. But, you know, Keynes himself was a um, he was a Fabian and the Fabian Society, if, if you've never heard of them, was like a socialist movement from the 1800s and 1900s. Mm -hmm. And they basically believed in uh, covert socialism. Uh, they call it, I believe, gradualism. So rather than like saying we're socialists, we want to implement socialism, they would just like talk about, you know, equality and, you know, same things that socialists do today. And wow. uh, so our entire economic system in the world was designed by a socialist. And we we believe that, you know, he has a valid opinion and it's absolute horseshit. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that is that is new to me. That's news. That's but uh, it it's not surprising at all because uh, well, it's just not very free market. We shouldn't have any sort of reserve, right? Even though the Federal Reserve is not truly reserve, it's kind of a misnomer. It's not Completely reserve money, and uh, it's actually not even federal. It's not even federal. Basically, just a bunch of bankers got together and uh, decided they wanted to do this, and luckily they could have enough power and influence to get the politicians to agree with them, and we've been stuck with it ever since. And of all the devils in the world, that is the most um, pressing, in my opinion. It's like we could we could fix all the little things, you know, we could legalize, you know, uh, recreational drugs. We could end the wars overseas. We could do all these things. But until we topple that system, that oppression will always still exist. And I mean, that that's a valid point. And I would hate to take the white pilled stance to this. Never. But with the progression of technology and everything, kind of like something uh uh, a tweet you shared that I remember about uh, it was actually Hillary Rodham Clinton talking about uh, how Bitcoin is basically just shorting the U.S. dollar. I, uh, I say that that's my words, but OK. Yeah, okay. but you you you, uh, you you shared that uh, meme of her oh, tweeting okay. that and the meme was like, yeah, that's the entire point. Mm -hmm. But uh, with technology, uh, even us uh, common people can uh, short the U.S. dollar, essentially. And uh, hopefully exactly there's right. better, um, you know, even more impactful things we could do in the future, perhaps. Seriously, dude. And I just think I just think like housing, I think all of us will be significantly richer without the Federal Reserve when the money that we earn is actually the money that we earn, you know, not part <sighs> of this, this massive bullshit system. Um, fantasy. Did I tell you about how banks used to work in the day? Yes, but uh, you... I feel like if you every time you tell me something for a second time, there's also new stuff sprinkled in. So, OK, well, essentially, you know, banks just had to have their own reserves on hand, their own amount of cash. And of course, they still do a little bit, but not near as much as they loan out. And so if I were to go deposit a check for my bank at a different bank or something, that bank would actually request the funds from the bank that my check came from where my account was, um, which makes perfect sense. That's logical. Um, so bank failures would happen so essentially if a bank didn't have enough on reserve and they were giving out too much in loans then they could fail and that was a really big problem and they would become inviable um but it wasn't a really big problem it was just kind of something that happened it was spread out you know you could still get insurance on your funds things like that. it's a that. problem if you're the president of a bank it's a pro exactly it's the problem if you're a banker not if you're a person because yeah exactly um, but if you're looking for a bank to trust with your money it's actually a pretty good thing oh this bank is you know liable to fail this one uh free market competition exactly America, the longer they've been around the more you can trust them and insurance companies are only going to insure banks that have good record keeping safe practices that aren't giving those crappy uh you know what do they call them whenever the mortgages were like a subprime that aren't handing out subprime loans and subprime mortgages and stuff. Mm. 
Um, but anyway, Federal Reserve completely destroyed that because their basic their mindset is that banks can never fail. And of course, that's because all the bankers in the world started the Federal Reserve. So uh, they can keep banks alive forever. And, you know, there's never any um, consequences for their actions. And the same people will be in power as long as that system is perpetuated. And that always breeds good results and good decisions. So such good decisions. I mean, like that's basically what government is. They always do good things, right? Yes. Have you uh, seen the documentary Winter on Fire? Dude, no. I'm coming back to um, Ukraine. So now I'm recommending things to you. But the truth is, I haven't seen it either. But my brother told me that it was really, really good and highly recommended. And it's on Netflix right now. Okay. Um, It's about the protests in Ukraine. Do you remember? We were in the Air Force whenever it happened. You remember like 2014 when the Ukraine protests were so big? Um, okay. 2014 is when I was in Greenland. So I don't remember that much. Okay. So basically the Ukrainians had some like massive, massive protests. Let me see if I can find some pictures just to show people. Kind of what and it actually like. I was, I was trying to be funny. I, I remember somewhat, I remember hearing stuff. Okay. So let's, let me share my screen real quick. Cause it is pretty amazing. I can't wait to watch this documentary actually now that I'm thinking about it. Um, Okay, I'm just going to show kind of the Google Images search. So look at this. I mean, absolute chaos. There was tons of tear gas being used. Yeah, fire set. Everyone was armed up in yeah, construction gear, gas masks. Um, just really, really crazy. Basically, borderline war. Um, and that's how they ousted the pro-Russian government. And that's also whenever um, Putin invaded Crimea and took the Crimean Peninsula back to oh, Russia. Yes, or, yes. I remember Crimea. Supposedly, I was thinking. What's up? Well, supposedly he he didn't. They weren't really Russian troops. They were just armed in Russian uniforms uh, with Russian equipment, but not really. Well, you know, apparently, I think um, whenever <coughs> things were getting rather hot in Syria, um, I think there were Russian forces there as well as U.S. forces. Uh-huh. And both sides were pretty much told, like, it was pretty well orchestrated that the two never met. You know what I mean? Because huh. obviously that would lead to a pretty big conflict. But um, apparently there were a ton of Russian mercenaries. So not state troops, but uh, apparently we've had, you know, especially the special operations have uh, engaged with them really frequently in Syria, which is sort of strange because Russia, I thought, was sort of the same as China, where there is no, uh, there's not a lot of privatization. I mean, any, I thought any company would be uh, state-owned. But uh, anyways, apparently in Syria... Uh, it was pretty common for Americans to fight Russians, just not Russians wearing a Russian uniform. Weird. So that's probably the exact same thing of what it was. I hadn't heard that before. And I don't really know how the Russian economy functions, to be honest with you. I don't know where they stand as far as their freedoms go. Um, but that's crazy. I know that Gaddafi was Libya. Who was the Syrian dictator? Mm-hmm. Can't remember his name. Anyway. Assad? Assad, yeah. So Russians were backing Assad, and we were obviously backing his the rebels, the Syrian rebels against him, um, which later became ISIS. Thanks, but uh, yeah. So really fascinating that we can be allies with somebody and and still have our troops in another country on opposing forces, which kind of is a good thing, right? That kind of speaks to the development of um, you know foreign relations and how just because we have this disagreement doesn't mean we have to go to war with each other. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, anyway, dude, it's crazy. I feel bad for that part of the world. So this is this is a libertarian, an anti-libertarian argument my brothers tried to make me with me before. And I feel like I can, you know, safely defeat it, but I'd like to bring it up anyway, because it's a good thing to think about. So is there a need 
for central power because of the threat of greater central power. Essentially, if we have pure liberty here, does that make it easier for China or Russia or somebody like that to invade us and, you know, put us back into into chains? I would say I think we definitely see that in um, business a lot more than I would be worried about um, military force. We see that in business all the time. There was a, <laughs> there was a pretty big news story. A, a Chinese company, which, again, it's sort of a weird relationship. The companies are owned by the government, bought uh, an American. I think it was in San Francisco, a company that made what are they? What are they? They're, they're called something weird. The name doesn't make any sense to me. Like the computer chips. Um, they're, they're called like, pies? No, 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 oh. no. They're called like superconductors or something weird. It sounds like it's a big thing, but it's actually just these computer chips. And uh, anyways, the this Chinese company bought like a majority share of this American company. And then uh, they did all this weird stuff that I don't remember. And even if I did, I'm not so qualified to speak on it. But uh, I think we see that with uh, global business already. Because, yeah, if you have a... Just all the advantages China has with the without having the human rights. Yeah. Um, with just their, which I mean, I know as a libertarian, I'm firmly against any sort of labor laws. Um, but obviously we wouldn't want what they do in China, but with the amount of labor they can produce, no regard to like the environment and then just the backing of billions of slaves, because I guess as far as, uh, Taxation goes, they have it a little bit worse off than us, if you can imagine that. I say that we see that all the time in business, and it is rough. Now, granted, we are absolutely, uh, what do you call that? We are kind of cut down at the ankles, since we don't have a true uh, free market. Uh, so, I mean, that the argument really is a little bit different there. If we had a true free market, we'd compete better in the businesses. But I would say that, yeah, we are at sort of a disadvantage on the global economy. But as far as uh, military force, I'm really not sure. And, you know, it's actually something you pointed out to me before. I don't know what reason uh, China or Russia would have for invading the mainland United States. Sure. Things are just so different. You know, I don't think they need our resources. I don't think they need, because, you know, go back a few thousand years that's why you invaded countries and occupied them you needed their people you needed their resources and uh, it just seems like we're way past that i don't really know i don't really know what the military action is for these days i hope, I hope you're right that we are past that you just made me think of like so many points through that um it really do be like that sometimes most it really of the time. do be like that sometimes so i think the first thing is that you know, it's, it's an interesting question of, does a government have a right to enter into a free market? Because is a market free if a government can enter into it? So let's say that you, um, being an American, own 10 acres of land, and the Chinese government said, I would like to purchase said land from you. Um, is it a free market if you sell that to them? Is that a free market? I don't think that would make it not a free market, but sort of the same thing. A government doesn't have to rely on innovation uh, or good ideas of any kind. They just rely on their, you know, tax slaves. Monopoly on violence. 
Yeah, exactly. Shout out yeah. Elon Musk. Shout out Elon Musk. Can't believe he said that, man. That's amazing. Um, we should talk about that more. But yeah, it's interesting. You know, something I always try to remember is that if, if efficiency is your goal and growth and strength, a dictatorship is the way to go. Um, you know, Nazi Germany was an incredible industrial strength. Imperial Japan was an incredible industrial strength. Fascist countries do very well industrially. Um, there's a lot of positive aspects that you can look at it in, you know, totalitarian nations if you don't care about people's liberty. Um, it's kind of like the concept of like a beehive versus, um, you know, a troop of chimpanzees or something or chimpanzees and troops. I don't know. But, um, you know, if you're all working towards a common goal and the government can force you to work towards that goal and you have no choice, you can get a lot of things accomplished in that narrow scope um, towards one person or a few people's will. Um, versus if you have freedom and everybody's kind of doing their own goals, I think that that combination is beautiful and comes out to a much more complex, greater world. But it might not look as good on the books as somebody who can just, you know, run shit and tell you what to do and force you to do it. They can get a lot done that way. They can build really big skyscrapers. They can produce a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it's a tough question. We have to remind people that just because um, you've got progress and economy and things like that does not necessarily mean that it's good or valuable. That's uh, no. without freedom, there is nothing. Well, and you know, like obviously freedom being paramount, but there's, you know, it is more efficient in the short term, but in the long term, it's absolute garbage. You know what I mean? Agreed. They, uh, you know, because it's not efficient. And that made me think of something pretty interesting. The left, they really hate, they really demonize Elon Musk, even though he's the richest African American in the world. That's true. That's not That's very, very cool. True. That's not very I, cool. I guess he kind of uh, shatters their image of African Americans being oppressed. Literally shatters their image. Yeah, you're absolutely. Because what right. he's uh he's worth more than Bezos is now, right? That's right. He's the richest man in the world by shares. Didn't you love that thing where the UN was like, "Oh, we could totally solve the uh, world hunger with like one tenth of Elon Musk's wealth," and he was like, "Okay, you can have it. Just show me how you'll do it." Yes. Cr crickets. Chirp chirp. It's freaking ridiculous, man. But I like it because this narrative is falling apart and Joe Rogan, Rob Schneider, Elon Musk now, like these are just more and more kind of big name people who are starting to understand these concepts and really think in a new age way and really think about liberty. And we're, this is it, man. This is it. I mean, this is, this is the coming of the age for sure. Things Joe Rogan hardly really thinks up. about liberty. He does, man. He might not be able to articulate it in that way and identify it as that yet, but he's starting to understand those concepts and all the problems out there with the way our government works. COVID, I mean, that's one example, but at least he's been able to stand against that with, with fervor. That he sure does. The Second Amendment, he sure does, but um, he's awful collectivist. True. I mean, he's still got his tendencies and stuff, but you know, Here's the thing, the, the divide we have with people like Joe Rogan is that libertarians, you know, want people to have affordable health care. We want people to have affordable housing. We just actually know how to make those things happen versus, you know, socialists who want those things um, and then go the absolute ter most terrible route to make it happen. The route that we've already been going since the Federal Reserve's inception. So, um, you know, he's, his heart's in the right place, but, um, you know, Joe Rogan has his intelligence, but, um, you know. He's he's kind of he's kind of goofy too, so I wouldn't judge him for um, not misinterpreting that or not being able to really identify those root causes of those problems and those issues. Um, so I think he's on his way. At least he understands the the value 
and of, of those concepts. And I think he could be turned if he could be educated, you know? Yeah, I think so. Um, have I ever told you how I was introduced to Joe Rogan? You've never told me, but this is like, I feel like this is like a love story beginning. Let's hear about it. Uh, not so much of a love story, but it is, oh, it's awful funny. Um, so I guess the, the first I knew of him was Fear Factor. Mm-hmm. That's what I knew him for the most. And then a uh, very close second was the UFC. Same. And then uh, right around the time, see, I was an early adopter of Netflix. I had Netflix when they used to send you DVDs in the mail. Whoa, you were an early adopter. Yeah, so I, I got that. But very shortly after, a few months after that is when they switched to streaming. And uh, so I got that. And uh, he had his comedy specials on there. Huh. And I didn't know that he, I mean, you know, he started as a stand-up comedian. He's been a stand-up comedian for decades. Wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I watched his uh, stand-up. I didn't think they were particularly funny, so I just assumed that he wasn't primarily a stand-up comedian. I thought he was basically like a Kardashian. I thought he was like a professional famous person, <coughs> like he was famous for being famous. <coughs> but no, he's a, he's a stand-up comedian through and through. He just uh, isn't my particular brand of humor. But, you know, I also used to get him. Do you know who Brian Callen is? No, sounds familiar, though. He He's a good friend of Joe Rogan. He's also a comedian, uh, not you know, insanely successful, but he played Joe Rogan in one of my favorite movies, Warrior. So uh, when Joe Rogan still had hair and he had lost most of it, he uh, he kind of looked like Brian Callen a little bit. But yeah, Brian Callen, who's his like, close personal friend, played him in a movie, Warrior, uh, with Tom Hardy. So uh, Was it all it, about it, him? It was real confusing. No, not, no, 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 no. He was just kind of a part, a side part? Yeah, Warrior which is actually a movie Joe Rogan doesn't like, which is one of the things I disagree with him on most fervently. It's about, um, and the reason I'm talking about this is because it's related to veteran issues. It's about uh, these two brothers, and they both enter a uh, fighting tournament. So like, almost huh. like a never-back-down situation, uh, okay. which is another fantastic movie. And actually, I think the older brother, he fought in the earliest days of the UFC, but... Uh, he like retired and he was a high school physics teacher. And then the younger brother was a Marine and he, uh, I think he went, yeah, he went AWOL. And then like, uh, later you come to find out like he, uh, he lost his like best friend in like a friendly fire incident <coughs> and he kind of lost it. And yeah, he definitely, he got out of there. So he was like on the lamb from the MPs and, uh, he was fighting in this competition uh for money for like his best friend's widow and then his brother like i said was a retired fighter but he was a high school physics teacher and uh he entered the tournament for uh money because they needed money for stuff teachers don't make a lot of money and so they didn't even know that they were like in the same fighting competition until they got there and then of course of course obviously i shouldn't even have to say it they end up fighting each other for like the final damn that's dope i didn't i wasn't following that so not as obviously as you'd think but that's dope (laughs) Yeah, you got to watch Warrior, man. Add that to the list. I like Warrior a lot. I'll check that out, dude. I've been watching so much UFC, just YouTube videos of like submissions and stuff. Nice, dude. I kind of got I've an got... inkling for it. I'll probably you... get my ass kicked. <laughs> I used to have a whole lot more, but I have uh, several seasons of The Ultimate Fighter. That's one of my favorite TV shows. Yeah, I need to check that out, actually. Cause I, I watched that like very little. Wasn't it on MTV or Spike? It was on Spike. Yeah, huh? it was, yeah. yeah I, I really like that. It's like uh, It's a reality show. So it's yeah. kind of got like, you know, different entertainment value than, you know, just straight up fights. But uh, yeah, dude, we'll have to watch some. I used to I used to have a whole bunch like downloaded onto my Xbox. I have like three or four seasons. Let's see. I have one, two, three, 
and then like seven. I have four seasons on DVD, and I had a few more than that downloaded on my Xbox, but I don't remember the email address I used for that account, so those are kind of lost. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Yeah, unfortunate, but it's good stuff. Did you know that that TV show, The Ultimate Fighter, is the reason there's a UFC today? Really? It like brought it yes. back into the light? That kind of makes Absolutely. Sense. In the very early 2000s, um, you know, Dana White, who's the president of the UFC, he mm-hmm. convinced uh, the Fertitta brothers, Frank and Lorenzo, um, to buy the UFC. And they did. And, of course, they had to uh, they had to make a lot of people happy. Uh, do you remember John McCain? He's a deceased bureaucrat. Yeah, I remember John McCain. He, uh, he was campaigning very hard uh, against <laughs> the UFC. Um, Love you too, Jenny. <laughs> He was, you know, it was it was illegal to watch for a long time. You could watch even on pay per view. You could watch, you know, porn on TV, but you couldn't watch Ultimate Fighting because they said it was like modern day gladiators. They said it was human cockfighting because wow. in the earliest days they didn't have any rules. They didn't even have weight right. classes, and there were. No, I think the only thing that was illegal was like maybe there was one, and I think it might have been eye gouging, but I think that means you can uh, target the scrotum, and I think that means you can bite. Anyways, there was one. But so, anyways, it was illegal for a long time. Dana White convinced the Fertitta brothers to buy it. They cleaned it up some. And then uh, they were $14 million in debt. And uh, this is the early 2000s. Someone had the idea of, well, we need to make a reality show. That's when reality TV was starting to get popular. So they did. And Dana White said, uh, like, every other day, I think it was Frank Fertitta would call him and be like, hey, just pull the plug. We're going to cut our losses. You know, we're just going to sell the whole thing. Get out while, you know, before we're too far in the hole. And Dana White would convince him, like, no, man, this is going to work. This is going to work. This is going to work. So they do the show, and it was an all right show. I have the first season; it's all right. But the very end of the show, because it's kind of like a farm system for the UFC, right. it's a reality TV show that's almost similar to Big Brother. And then at the very end, there's a fight, and the winner of the fight gets a UFC contract. Damn! I and know that. Uh, yeah, so for the light heavyweights, there were two weight classes: middleweight and light heavyweight. And the light heavyweight fight was Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. And I think it was like the. Uh, the first round, they were mainly just striking. They were pretty much just uh, punching each other. And then I think it was like maybe the – I think it was the uh, – somewhere around the middle of the second round, they both just planted their feet because it was a really even fight. They both just planted their feet in the middle of the octagon and started slugging away. And everybody was going crazy. It was the best fight anyone had ever seen in the UFC. And the round ended, and they were both still standing. And everybody's like, wow, this is insane. So they went out for a third round, and they kind of, you know, threw some jabs for like a second. And then the same thing. They just planted their feet, stood in almost one spot, and just started going to town on each other, dude. And uh, That's crazy. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I'll show it to you, man. Uh, the fight was just so – it wasn't even the technically the boat, you know, the best fight, but it was just so entertaining. Uh it was a huge success, and the UFC blew up. And yeah, so the Ultimate Fighter is the is one of the reasons. It's a huge reason that there's even a UFC today. That's fucking badass. I remember whenever I'd heard about Ultimate Fighter before UFC. So yeah, that makes sense because of like when we grew up. Like I remember my brothers watching it and talking about it. And then whenever UFC showed up, I was like, wait, are these things connected? And it wasn't until later that I kind of made that connection myself. But huh, it's freaking fascinating, man. Well. I let's talk about Omicron because it's pretty fascinating, dude. I personally think Omicron is the end of COVID. Um, have you heard it's less deadly? I heard it was more deadly. It's less deadly, more contagious. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how it is in your sphere, dude. Everybody is getting COVID in my life. My, all my family just had COVID. Like people that I hear about on Facebook constantly are getting COVID. Like I don't know what the numbers are, but I feel like there's more COVID cases like in my sphere of influence than have ever been in the entire pandemic. And they're all no pretty pretty mild. They're all uh, getting over it real real well. Everybody in my family has. Anybody that I've cared to ask has. Um, but supposedly, you know, I don't know if you've heard this concept of virology, and I don't know how real it is. I'm not a virologist, but supposedly the the more deadly a virus gets, the less contagious it is. Because of course, you know, it can't jump from host to host if it's killing hosts in between. It's 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 a lot more difficult to spread that way. Um, so supposedly viruses can progress to become less deadly and and more infectious. Um, and I think Omicron might kind of be the tipping point in this pandemic where it ends because I think it's extremely contagious. I think a lot of people are getting it. And I think it's not going to kill as many people. Um, and I think at, even NBC posts an article even saying that they think that our immune systems are already primed to handle it. So if NBC, if the most leftist of leftist news sources is sitting there saying that you don't even need the shots for this, our immune system's ready for it, um, we must be coming to some, we must be coming to a dawn. You know, maybe so, dude, I would uh, hate to speculate, but uh, I did see some memes going around that were pretty funny. Like, why did they uh, skip the uh, dang it? I shouldn't have even started that because I don't even the Z some variant Greek letter. Yeah. Well, yeah. XI. OK. Did you did you get that one? It's pronounced G. G. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm G. just kidding. I made that up. I don't know. No, you're probably right, G. man. That sounds right to me. They said, why did we skip the G variant? Why did we? That's Winnie the Pooh's name. Uh, the oh yeah, oh yeah, Xi Jinping. Xi Wingping. Yeah, 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 exactly. So Xi I mean, Jinping. I guess yeah, his his probably was less Greek and you know more Chinese, I would assume. But but in uh, the, the Greek letter, is it really spelled like that? I thought it was X E. I think it's X I. It might be. Yeah, yeah you're right. Do verify that. Nice. I, I don't know the uh, symbols at all, so. Yeah, me neither. I was never in a fraternity. I never went to college. Uh, thank God for that. Thank God for that. I wonder if we would still be friends if you were in a fraternity. Uh, yeah, undoubtedly. I don't know. We, you wouldn't be in the Air Force, probably. Uh, I don't know about all that. Okay. Well, well cause, I mean, like, I damn sure wasn't going to college before the Air Force if, you know, it'd have to be after anyway, so. That's a good point. Um, Okay, so anything else on your mind in the Liberty world this week? Anything going on with you guys? Um, not with us guys. What? Oh is damn! Your you have a you have Liberty a. a <laughs> I was gonna say we've got an OKLP meeting on Saturday. It's gonna be a meetup at a restaurant really? in Stroud. But of course, you're gonna be striper fishing, so you won't be able to make it. I'm jealous, man. I wish I could go with you. Yeah, me too, man. I uh, surely do, but I'll try to get I'll some catch information. catch it one of these years, or we can just pay for it ourselves eventually and go do that. Honestly, yeah, exactly. I'd rather do a catfish trip if we're doing that, but they, they're pretty much the same. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they target striper, but you almost always catch catfish too. So, And, I mean, you've already been noodling. That was uh, that was on your bucket list before. You've already accomplished that, but just not on Texoma. Would you do that? Sure. Dude, we should go noodling. It's so much fun. My uncle um, about lost his arm to a cottonmouth when I was uh, pretty young. How can you? You can't lose your arm to a cottonmouth. Oh, you mean he got bit did, and he almost had to get it amputated? Yeah. I, I thought you meant cottonmouth bit his arm. his arm off. I was like, bro, cottonmouth, 
don't have that big of mouths. <laughs> they just have little bites. But okay, that makes sense. Hmm. Word do well. If there's nothing else, we do have a veteran caucus meeting in a few minutes. So maybe a we few. should uh, prepare for that because I need to get our website pulled up and everything like that. Um, yeah, what's that going to be? Is that going to be a Zoom? Uh, probably Google Meet. So I'll have it set up in just a few minutes. But Really? Uh, let's talk about the veteran caucus for a second. So the what? we've got a website in the works. Will you help me do some research on like this uh, IRS thing, though? Because we've got that notice that they said they accepted our... Um, no. No, they acknowledged that we submitted it. They acknowledged that we submitted it. I have no idea what that means. Like, I don't know if now I need to send more documents. I'm confused as hell, but we need to Dude, figure it out. Let's give that to our treasurer. Uh, okay, I will. Let's see what he says. That's a good That's a good point, actually. We should do that. Okay, great idea. Um, it's in like 10 months from now, I think. Uh, well, I don't know about 10 months. It's damn near a year from now. Love County is having a... Uh, what do they call it? I don't think they call it Frontier Days. They have their biggest uh, kind of festival of the year. Um, huh. If you'd want to come down for that. Um, technically, that is the Southeast region, which okay. is my region. But Love County is where the Oklahoma Darties hail from. Dope, really? Yes. Is that where Medill is? Nope. Uh, Medill is just east of it. It's where Marietta is. Where Marietta is. Okay, that's right. I knew that. Um, we are going to be tabling the OKLP convention, bro, which means you're going to be tabling the OKLP convention. I hope you're cool with that. Um, I am cool with that because yeah, I'm absolutely cool with that. They asked, I was on the meeting and they were like, any other caucuses that would want to table it? And I didn't even say anything. I was just like listening and they're yeah. like, how about, how about the veteran caucus? I was like, uh, okay, we can do that. We'll get Who some do we need to ask about that. that? What? <laughs> Who do we need to ask about that? We already me. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the joke. That was the punchline. I'm always telling jokes, and you never get the punchline. <laughs> I'm so slow, dude. I'm the slowest, most gullibleest person that ever ever wore a Harry Potter robe on a podcast. So don't worry dude, about it. Did you know that there's a Harry Potter uh, game show? I did not, but I, ooh, I. It's new. It's Harry Potter trivia. You remember the Chinese girl you pwned in London? I pwned the fuck out of that girl. Yeah. Whoa, Will. Easy. Sorry, Easy. dude. I I mean I need to refresh because it's been a few years, but I need to. I could destroy anybody at Harry Potter trivia. That's what I was just telling my roommate, man. I was like, fifteen-year-old Braxton would be like very disappointed. Fifteen-year-old Braxton would clean house, but twenty-six-year-old Braxton. 22-year-old Will would have smashed 26, 15-year-old Braxton. I just want to make that very clear to you. I doubt that. I was on a Harry Potter tour, and I won the House Cup, and me and my wife at the time were the only Hufflepuffs. And they asked a question, and I was he said that I was the first person of all the tours he'd given who had ever got it right. So and hang on, let me I – I think I remember the question. What was the uh, species of dragon that was guarding the Baltic Gringotts? Yep. And what was it? The Ukrainian Iron Belly. Speaking of Ukraine, seriously, you brought that up earlier. Seriously, I know. What was I thinking? But, uh, but yeah, how right and, was I? There needs to be a free market solution to the uh, all these international. Well, not internet. Yeah, I guess international conflicts. Taiwan, Ukraine. There does, man. It's almost. But whenever governments control banking. It's almost impossible to have a free market solution to those things. So we'll never be able to have as much money as they can give us because they're making the money. 
Um, so it's a really interesting concept to think about how we could do that. I heard on a different podcast that the Ukrainian military and the Russian military have actually been like skirmishing on the borders for years and it doesn't get really? any coverage. Yeah. But the, the, what they said was, so the podcast was, uh, they were at this, uh, TACP competition. Uh, okay. you're in the air force. You're familiar with the TACPs. So the audience what they are. A TACP is a tactical air control party which is like a liaison to a ground unit. 99% of the time, it's Army infantry, and they are the JTAC, and they call in the air support. But they're they're just the air liaison. I've heard TACPs say that, uh, you know, even if they weren't calling in a lot of close air support, any time a plane would fly over, Army would be like, hey, Air Force, what kind of plane is that? Because that's part of their schooling is they can identify, you know, the difference between a French fighter plane and a Russian. And, you know, this. but anyways, that's what a TAC-P is. And it's sort of like top ranger competition. They have an air support competition, which I'm sure costs oh. the taxpayers millions of dollars a day. You but it's still it pretty is. awesome. Uh, eventually, I bet they get that switch to being like a, on a simulator. But anyways, they're having this TAC-P competition. And they were talking to this she was either a colonel or a general and they were asking her um what kind of the latest innovations were and she was saying actually it's the opposite direction is what you would think she was talking about how ukraine and russia have been involved in skirmishes on the border for the past uh, couple of years and she said it's basically trench warfare and that the ukrainians they don't use any of their like uh you know how like a lot of our artillery and stuff is uh operated by gps like satellite interface yeah. and all this other stuff. Sure. She said the Ukrainians are using less and less electronics because the Russians can hack that. So she said wow. that the combat had devolved into trench warfare. And she said that is the direction uh, that the U.S. military was looking at going. Wow, dude, that's kind of fascinating, man. In that particular theater. Yeah, it is. See? <laughs> like the, we, got, uh, we got so high tech, we became more vulnerable through it. Exactly, dude. And I, I think the same thing. I think I've said it before. I don't remember if I've said it on here or not. Obviously, there's that great quote, you know, I don't know what weapons World War Three will be fought with, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. That's right. That's a great I quote. think, you know, World War Three has been put off so long, you know, thankfully, that World War Three might be fought with sticks and stones, like what, huh. like what we're saying exactly yeah. what we're talking about. And just the implications, you know, if we were to get uh, apparently you can hack into electrical grids yeah um pipelines yeah uh, I, I don't know so i mean the uh i don't know interesting world war ii you know there were a lot of rations you couldn't hardly get rubber or various metals and uh you couldn't get anything you wanted from a grocery store and obviously that was you know pretty tough but uh world war three might be china might say control alt delete to our electricity you know what i mean so it might be everybody Seriously. uh sitting at home in the dark until uh until the end dude you're not wrong i hope there's not a world war three but you're not wrong that it would involve so much high tech so much advanced warfare that it would just be completely crazy i don't even want to think about it but hopefully people are coming around to the ideas of liberty enough to um not you know attack each other even china and russia but we'll see you are such an optimistic dissolutionist dude i can't even where is dissolutionist white pill libertarian white pill libertarian hey the oklp has a store now by the way if you didn't see that in discord and they have a shirt that says that says this exact thing it says white pill libertarian on the front and on the back it says change the world or die trying with the oklp logo inspired huh. by none other than yours truly and i already bought one so uh, anyway 
let's let's log out. Let's uh, call it a day because we got a veteran caucus meeting here shortly. Um, but anything you want to plug, brother? Last week's episode that we didn't get to do, uh, very, 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 very unfortunate, would have been Gage's birthday. So I wanted Aww. to plug, I had a mental note to plug uh, my best friend, Brandon Brashers. Um, so now he's like 27 and a week old. So nothing cool about that. He can saw it off. <laughs> anyways, uh, we need to have him on real soon. Um, yeah, we do, man. Tell him next week. Ask yeah. Him plug the libertarian party veterans caucus we are the biggest caucus in the lp and the fastest growing and the i don't know what else such uh, lies but yes, yeah yeah none of the caucus. above but uh facebook is the best place to check us out i would say we have someone keeping our twitter alive there is an instagram page um I need, to be, I need to be doing more work on that, but yes. That is the Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus. Yep. On all social media platforms and the Facebook group. If you uh, like the page, and you're a veteran. you will be invited. And yeah, that one is a little bit vetted. You have to, you'll be invited to join the group. And what about plugs for you, sir? OKLP.org, like NatalieBruno.com, and that's all I got, man. You got the Veteran Caucus, so check us out tomorrow night, me and Bootleg Libertarian on Not A Real Libertarian Podcast, as always, um, and we love you guys. Thanks for being here and supporting us, and we will see you in one week. Bye-bye. <laughs>